What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Round of the break for the Celtics. Goes around the world. Oh, the circus game in a Boston. Walker for three. Kemba Walker from downtown. Tatum drives down. Let's roll it down. Wow. Rebound. Gordon Hayward for two. Gordon Hayward with a corner crash. No blockout. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. My name's Tom Westerholm, Celtics beat writer for MassLive.com. I am joined by Nicole Yang of the Boston Globe, who has her favorite quarantine snack to share. Nicole, why don't you uh, tell everybody what this Terry Rozier-esque <laughs> quarantine snack is that you're working on over there? Okay, it's very simple, actually. And it's just one of my favorite quarantine snacks. And it is a little questionable maybe, but I swear it's very good, especially if you like sweet and salty things. So it's microwavable kettle corn, popcorn, and then you just douse it with hot sauce. So I used Frank's Red Hot, and Uh it's important that you use microwavable kettle corn and not just like kettle corn that you buy in a bag because it's like a little lighter. Like sometimes if you buy kettle corn at the store, depending on which brand you buy, it can be like a little just too coated in sugar. So... This has the perfect balance. I could see it. It's one of those like combinations that you hear and you're like, that sounds awful. And then it's kind of decent. Like it's like surprisingly good. Kind of like what you were saying. I hate kettle corn. I've never been a kettle corn guy. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm like a popcorn purist. I won't make it in the microwave, but I like, I love popcorn. It's one of my favorite foods, but I like to throw it on the stove, shake the pan around, pop it. I went vegan back in November. So I only throw salt on it at this point. Never been a huge kettle corn guy, but maybe the, uh, maybe the extra spice would help. And I think too, just try it. And it's so inexpensive and low maintenance that if you don't like it, it <laughs> took you maybe three minutes to make. So, That's true. and it's also a very, I enjoyed Doc Rivers today. I didn't watch the whole thing, but he did like a round table on NBA, on the NBA's Twitter account. And he was like, yeah, I've been working out five days per week, but the fridge is open seven days a week. <laughs> so I feel like if you're just looking for something to munch on, this is a flavorful option. If yeah. you try it, please let me know. <laughs> tweet at Nicole C. Yang to not get tweeted back at. <laughs> what have you been eating during this quarantine time? Well... Like I said, I went vegan back in November, which weirdly seems like it was almost perfect timing because now all the supply chains of meat are getting interrupted. But I've been, uh, I've been trying to cook a little bit. Like I did, uh, like, which I feel like, I feel like that's like the most basic thing that you can say in quarantine is be like, oh, like I started cooking. Like, all right, dude, congrats. Like so did everybody else. (laughs) Do you know who Gigi Hadid is? No. Really? Yeah. Should I know who Gigi Hadid is? Maybe. I don't know. Well, anyway, so she's like a model celebrity. There it is. No idea who that would be. <laughs> and she is dating Zane, 
who used to be in One Direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are definitely people's names that exist. <laughs> she posted her vodka sauce recipe on Instagram. So I made that the other day. It was very good. And it's spicy. I like spicy food. So recommend trying that for those out there as well. There you go. Gigi Hadid. Are you familiar with the Thug Cookbook? No. So it's this like extremely try hard cookbook. It's, it's all vegan. And they just want to like, you know, they just try to hammer you over the head by dropping profanities everywhere, like to try to make themselves sound tough. But the food is really good. These recipes are kind of goofy and like they're trying to make you feel like not such a wuss for eating ex- <laughs> exclusively plants. But the food is good. So I've been, uh, been working my way through that. Any like favorites off of that? So there was this one that we did a little while ago. It was like this like beer chili mac. It was really good. Like it was kind of, you know, kind of spicy. You, yeah. A lot of, w- one of the nice things about it is if you, uh, if you do a lot of these recipes right, you sort of don't realize that you're eating a ton of veggies and not any meat. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to bluechew.com. Bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Tom, do you know <laughs> who Sarah Abraham is? Uh, yes. She was one of the teen moms, right? Yes. Okay. Did you follow at all what happened to her after teen mom? No, I saw her come across my Twitter timeline for a thing that I don't know if that's where you're going with it, but I remember that something happened to her. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Farrah Abraham was one of the original teen moms. She, it was a very sad story. Like the father of her daughter died, I think before her daughter, Sophia was born But after sort of Teen Mom took off and all of those teenage girls got this fame, she sort of like went off the rails a little bit and just is in like the headlines a lot for, I think she's a Trump supporter. And here, let me just Google Farrah Abraham and read you some of the headlines that have come up in the past. Okay. For everybody listening, I have no idea where this is going, but Nicole swears there's a point to this. All right, go ahead. She's a pretty controversial figure. She got a ton of plastic surgery. I think she experimented with porn at one point so let me read you some of the just among us teen mom star fair abraham post cringy instagram uh again very relatable fair abraham blasted for video of daughter sophia the wild and tumultuous life of fair abraham so she's just a very she's gotten a lot of criticism for how she parents her daughter fair abraham shocks fans again and controversial tiktok dance challenge okay so you get the point. I do. Abraham <laughs> called out for inappropriate yacht video. She just is constantly in the headlines for like dumb stuff like that. And so I am scrolling across my Twitter timeline, and maybe this is why she came up in your Twitter timeline as well. And I see Ennis Cantor tweet a video. Huge thanks to my good friend, Farrah Abraham. And I was like, what? And I literally sat in my bed for like 15 <laughs> minutes being like, Oh my God. And I debated whether I should tweet about it. Obviously I did not tweet about it. Yeah, you did not. Yeah. I would have seen that. It's like 
wait, what? Basically was my reaction to that. And then this afternoon, I see Ennis Cantor come up again on my Twitter timeline with huge thanks to my good friend. And then he tags this person's Twitter handle. And I'm like, okay, who is it this time if yesterday was Farah Abraham? So I click on this dude and it's Robert J. O'Neill. Do you know who that is? I do not. So neither did I. Okay. And so then I click on his Twitter and I see that his bio says, I shot a famous guy. So I'm like, oh God. So then I Google Robert J. O'Neill and this dude is the guy that killed Osama bin Laden. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so okay. I'm just like, in what world are we living in where Ennis Cantor is like, one day, huge thanks to my good friend, Farah Abraham. And then the next day, it's huge thanks to my good friend, Robert J. O'Neill. Like, I don't know how he meets these people, how he connects with them. All of this is for like a, co- a good cause, obviously. It's, he's has this petition called You Are My Hope, and it's to benefit people in Turkish jails and stuff. So like that, I'm not against that at all, but it's just like, the most random people are helping him promote it. Well, and he also had, yesterday, he tweeted, had an amazing conversation with at Rudy Giuliani to discuss the potential of a sports return and how important it might be, which, like, he's all over the map, man. He is, whew, that guy, I mean, well, and the funny thing about Cantor, too, is just, like, Whenever there's a random celebrity at, at a Celtics game, you just like you kind of know that like Ennis is going to run into them somehow. Like I remember when uh, Tulsi Gabbard sat courtside and then we all go back to the locker room for locker room access and there's Tulsi Gabbard and I think Donnie Wahlberg just standing back there and chatting with Ennis, just like having a grand old time. <laughs> you got to give the dude credit for expanding his network, but I'm like, all right, is there a bar? Is there any sort of threshold that you have to meet? It's a good question I, that I don't have an answer for. You know, like you said, like he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to boost awareness for various causes and can only respect that at least. On Twitter, he seemed to get pretty universal support when he posted the video of Farah, but then on Instagram, everyone was just like, really, NS, Really? I'm going to eagerly be refreshing my Twitter page tomorrow and see which good friend Ennis tweets out. What's like the most random person that like, like, <laughs> like quick, like off the top of your head, who's the most random celebrity that he could, uh, that he could come up with? Oh man. Knowing Hillary, Ennis. Hillary Duff. That's what I got. Wow. That's actually a good one. Yeah. Knowing Ennis, he's somehow going to get like the Tiger King. What, I haven't seen that. Yes. Joe Exotic. I'm going to get <laughs> that on social media. Yeah, I, I think he's going to, in one day, get both Barack Obama and Dick Cheney. <laughs> Just hey guys, so we recorded this episode on a Friday, and little did I know that the next morning on Saturday, I would wake up and check my Instagram and see, quote, a beautiful conversation between Ennis Cantor <laughs> and Fair Abraham. So it turns out that their friendship is even closer than I ever could have imagined. and A beautiful friendship, some might say. <laughs> Apologies if what I said about fair maybe was harsh, I guess. I, <laughs> I didn't mean any hate. Like, obviously, she can do whatever. I was just sort of trying to just stress how flabbergasted and how random of a relationship this is. And just, I was just so surprised that Ennis Cantor and Fair Abraham not only know each other, but are clearly very good friends. 
we're, this episode, we're mostly just going to talk about like various gossipy things that we've seen around the internet because the Celtics haven't even opened their facility yet. Allegedly, they're going to do that next week, which we, we could talk about that. That was next week, right? That Danny said that they were thinking so about doing that. Basically, they're tied to what the state does. Like, I feel right, like they yeah. would want to open it tomorrow, probably, and do their one-on-one thing. The circumstances that Danny laid out was that it would just be one player and one coach at a time. So they would, I assume, schedule off different blocks. And then the coach, according to Danny, would wear a mask and gloves. And that's it. They would do their workout. And then once they left, they would sanitize the place. And then the next duo would come in. Yeah. So I feel like they could do that tomorrow. But it's just a matter of if the state lets them open. And Charlie Baker will not tip his hand as a, in regards to what businesses will be allowed to open. So on May 18th, he's going to make an announcement that says what businesses are allowed to start reopening and they can start reopening on May 19th. So I think the Celtics are hopeful that they will be included in that group on Monday, but if they aren't, then they'll have to wait till the next phase. And I would have to imagine that they've been in contact with, like, I, I don't know for sure or anything, um, but I would have to imagine that they have at least been in somewhat contact. I mean, I would think that, like, the, the owners probably have enough clout that they could not, like, get a guarantee from Charlie Baker, but probably get some sense from people, like, in his orbit as to whether or not that they would have a chance to do that next week. I don't know the specifics off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure I've seen headlines about both Wick Grossback and Steve Paliuka being involved in various committees and yep. helping with overall, not even just the NBA comeback, but yeah. overall just having the city sort of fight coronavirus. And Marty Walsh said today that they're treating the sports teams as basically any other business entity. So they're going to be required to submit a plan in terms of how they can protect everybody that's going to be going to the facility and that will be involved in making this reopen happen. So I'm sure that they have been preparing those documents and all of the necessary paperwork. For sure. <laughs> has your opinion as to whether or not the NBA is coming back changed at all? Because mine has. And initially, I was just like, shut it all down, shut it all down. Now I don't see any, I mean, I, I would bet a good amount of my money that they're going to try to, uh, I that think they're, they're coming back. Off. Yeah, for sure. Me I too. think they're definitely coming back. I think it's a very interesting conversation as to whether they should or should not come back. So that's I what I was going to get to. Yep. In that discussion, really. But I think they're definitely coming back. I think there's been a lot of momentum over the past couple of days, really the past week, where it just, it seems like no doubt. I think too, that just like Adam Silver said, two to four weeks, he's going to make a decision. I don't think that the leaks about players being down for the cause would be coming out if they weren't planning on coming back. I, 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 leaks like Jalen Brown on CNN, just straight up saying, yeah, people want it yeah. to come back. Like people are going on the record. So it's not yeah. even like targeted leaks from the league. You know what I mean? Like them trying to be like, no, they want it guys. It's not just <laughs> right, us. Right, right. Right, exactly. I don't know if I think that any of this is a good idea. I'm certainly a lot more doomer about coronavirus in general. I mean, I just think like every expert, you know, I, I'm, I'm not an epidemiologist, but every epidemiologist that I've heard has said that sort of like the more we open up now, the more we kind of get things going again now, like the fall and winter might be brutal. And maybe the fall and winter are going to be brutal anyway. And maybe they want to, you know, finish this season and, you know, then maybe then they've got like, like a better way of going about the fall and winter. Maybe they'll be able to gather some info, that kind of thing. Like if somebody wants to make that case, sure. But I have a lot of concerns about just how bad the fall and winter are going to be given everything that we're hearing. And I mean, if that's the case, like I could see 
the league having problems getting going again. Not now, but when the, when the 2020-21 season is trying to start up. Obviously, the disclaimer here is that like we feel for everybody affected by the coronavirus and health is paramount no matter what. But it's impossible for us to reach a point where reopening waits until it's completely safe, if that makes sense. Like it's such a fine line. It might right now might still be too early. And it's so hard. I feel for those people that have to make those decisions because oh yeah, for sure. People I'm sure are constantly in their ears like we got to do it, and then there's people in their ears that are like no. There's yeah. so many conflicting reasons as to why or why not they should do something. And to be honest, they both are valid. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. And it's just so hard to weigh which one's more important and when do we do it. So okay, if they try it now, what's the worst case scenario? They have a positive test, and then where do they go from there? I think that's the important thing is like if the worst case scenario does happen, because it seems like that's not a non-zero chance, yeah, no. what is their plan of action? It's just so complicated. I think there's really no right answer. I don't blame them for trying to come back though at this point. No, that's fair. And I, I should clarify that I'm with you on not blaming them for trying. And I think that there's something too, I don't remember where it came from, but somebody pointed out that it's going to be tough for Adam Silver to lead by consensus at this point. Like he's got to make decisions. Decisions are going to have to be made at some point and they're not always going to be popular and they're not going to be universal. And that's where we're at. I do think it's fascinating that the NFL has just showed no indication that they're going to be pushed back. They're just full steam ahead. I think that they are under the assumption, like no fans, obviously, but preseason will start in August, which is just insane because everything else around that time seems to have been canceled. I mean, they, they, they do have the advantage of they can express confidence now. And then if they're less confident by mid-June or, you know, by July 1st, like they can always push it back. If I was an NFL player, I'd be a little concerned because like NFL teams are like 6,000 people like on the sidelines constantly. Like there's so many people on those teams and it's like, you know, a basketball team, it's like, okay, if you were, if you're trying to limit the contact for people, then you've got 15 players only 12 of which can dress like you could just tell the three people that they can't even dress like don't come to the game like right you know I'm sorry Taco or Tremont or whatever but you guys are non-essential personnel for this basketball game because you can't play anyway you know you, it's only so many coaches obviously you got to have some broadcast in there and even with all of that I mean a whole NBA game being produced still probably talking like what is it I think people have estimated like 50 to 100 people like in the building like yeah. it's it's a significant amount of people and like that is a literal fraction of an NFL roster that's and like how many people one NFL yeah there's yeah. 53 players so that's probably one NFL team is 100 maybe and more. then coaches I don't know I mean I'm <laughs> clearly we're not a football podcast but that one would scare me more for sure as an aside I did enjoy so Brad and Danny were on the first episode of NBC Sports Boston's new YouTube series and Scal asked Danny to guess what Brad's impulse purchase of quarantine was and Danny was like a new suit and Brad I did appreciate Brad's response it was no there are gonna be no fans in the game like I feel like I won't even have to wear a suit which will be interesting I feel like and also what kind of a guess was that Danny like what (laughs) What about Brad makes you think like, I think he went out and got a new Armani. He's like, you know, got like his, like his initials and like, he didn't do any of that. (laughs) It's Brad. What are you talking about? I think that would be kind of funny if they still made the coaches dress up in a suit and nobody's there. Yeah, it might be like those, uh, like the the college games in Hawaii, where like at like the start of the season where like the coaches come out in like, like Hawaiian shirts and shorts could be a 
Could be or kind like of summer league where they just wear. I feel like they're just right. Yeah, like that's what it would actually polo. be. Yeah, but yeah, I, I appreciated that from Brad for sure. Where do you want to go next from the Celtics internet? So did you watch Jalen's things he can't live without the GQ video? I did watch that. So Jalen's list was one books. Mm-hmm. And he noted that he has a how to learn French book because he's also learning French now. Two tea, yeah. and he said that, and I, I just was thinking, watching it, like, man, I could use I could use some tea. So since then, I've just been crushing green tea. Like I've had, I've been having like four I cups love a day. Green tea. Yeah, I, I never like got into it, but now I'm like, I think Jalen might have inspired me a little bit. Three sage, four lemon perfect, which his friends started, and I think that was really just a shout out for his friends beverage. Five, his passport. Six, his jewelry box. Quick note on his jewelry box. His jewelry box is more interesting than the average jewelry box. Like, yeah. it's not just like, here, I need this chain. It's like, okay, like, you know, obviously there was the tragedy with like, with his, his friend who committed suicide. But then there was also like the thing that he wears under his shirt to like ward yeah. off negative energy. And he said that when he wears it, like people stay away from him more. Uh, I thought that was more interesting than the average jewelry box. Seven, his hat case. Eight, his chess set. Mm-hmm. Nine, record player. And 10, just quarantine essentials like masks, gloves, Lysol, et cetera. So my takeaway was like, like a lot of these things I think stem from a spiritual place. But sure. what were your takeaways from the list? It was funny. Jalen was like, yeah, I like to, if, if I meet somebody, I like to play chess with them just to get a sense of like what they're like. And I'm like, man, if Jalen and I ever sat down and played chess, the first thing he would think would be like, this dude is dumb. Like this dude can't think ahead for anything. Like... He's really stupid. Do you play chess? Every once in a while, but not like... say no, Tom. No, no, no. Like, I mean, I know how to play. And like, like I have played several games with my <laughs> wife and stuff, but I'm not like, not in the way that you play chess to like expand your brain. Right. Like I play chess the way you play like Monopoly. You know okay. what I mean? Where it's just like, here's a fun way to spend a couple hours. That's funny. I did but, like his hat case. His hat case was good. I had never yeah. seen anything like that before. I, I, I like Jalen's style. Like, he's got like a good sense of like what to wear when. It's, it, it's like understated, I feel like, but it's not like flashy. So on that note, uh, we will take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Grant Williams and his new roommate. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. Or you can participate in the $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, BetOnline has ex-Chicago Bulls, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling After the Dance. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline your online wagering solution. All right. So as Tom alluded to, Grant has a new roommate and his name is Kemba Walker. (laughs) You guys might be familiar. According to Mark Spears of ESPN, Grant is in Charlotte with Kemba. So Grant grew up in Charlotte and that's obviously where Kemba spent eight seasons of his career. I did find it interesting that he chose to stay with Kemba as opposed to his family. But yeah, a little bonding there. It's funny because like Grant's teammates all just like, like they just roll their eyes at him constantly. Like he and Tatum sit in the same corner of the locker room and Tatum is just always just kind of like, like kind of like throwing his arms up about like whatever ridiculous thing Grant is talking about. But I do think they like him a lot. You know, they laugh at him, but they're also laughing with him. Grant's got like a good attitude about this. They definitely like him. Otherwise it would be like overt bullying. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I tweeted that they were living together. Uh, and then I was just imagining what would happen if like Grant showed up on Marcus Smart's doorstep, like, hey man, can I stay with you? And like Marcus just laughing and slamming the door in his face. And then he would open it and be like, <laughs> it's fine, like come in. Like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So honestly, I bet they're having fun. One of the things about this whole social distancing thing is that we're all just kind of lonely. <laughs> like we don't have people to talk to all the time. Like, you know, you can text and call and FaceTime, but you don't always have like friends around. You, you know, a lot of us miss our friends. And like, I feel like Grant would be a good person to have around for that because he is like, hey, you want to play a game? Hey, you want to do something? And and I feel like similar to how everyone during quarantine is like, yeah, I've been cooking. Yeah, I've been doing this. Like, I feel like board games and sort of quote unquote unconventional pursuits are like very popular during quarantine. And Grant is like the king of that. It's not just like, oh, let's play video games. Let's talk about basketball, that type of thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing too is like a lot of times I'll catch myself thinking to myself, I should get into this. And then I just don't. But I feel like Grant is the kind of guy where if he has a thought and he's like, "Ooh, I should do this," then he's actually going to do it. Like, you know, he's going to he's going to look it up online and figure out how to do something or, you know, he's going to go make candles or like what, you know, he's the kind of guy who uh if he thinks I should go do something, who ends up doing it. So, and we should also note that uh Mark Spears' story on ESPN was not actually about Kemba and Grant living together uh, as entertaining as that prospect is. It was uh actually a cool thing that Grant has been doing, he's, he's been mentoring six teenagers from the Boston area. Grant is going on Zoom calls with them. And like, I really related to that line that was like, in their very first meeting, I think they've had four virtual video conferences now, but in their very first meeting, everyone was kind of really shy, Grant included, and like, it was just a little yeah. awkward. But Grant told them like the importance of coming on time and staying engaged, like don't look off and like not really pay attention to what's happening. And I feel like even just that exercise is a useful one. Like, having some sort of structure during this time where there seems to be no structure. Like I sort of related to that, but no, what Grant's doing is great, especially as a rookie to take such initiative there. And he said Kemba was an influence, yeah, which is pretty cool. And it was also, I thought great to note that Grant too is benefiting from the experience. He said like he opened up about his decision to choose Tennessee over IVs and his mom wasn't really too pleased with that situation. Like it's not always just like, Oh, the athlete is like doing this great service to, underprivileged kids it's like no like this is a mutual relationship here like all parties benefit even in that story I I thought it was interesting that that he had had the insight to say to the kids hey be focused here you know like you said like you know don't be on your phone don't be looking off if it were me I don't think I would have that same yeah I don't know I, I thought that was a I thought that was a nice aspect of it as well I also appreciated how the kids and these are just like they haven't met yet in person. I think this began in April. And so they plan to meet once stay at home orders are lifted and everything. But I appreciate how the kids already are ribbing Grant about the same things that his teammates make fun of him for. Like the fact that he has basically no clothes that aren't Celtics or Tennessee team apparel. So. Yeah, I, I find Grant's uh, lack of any style or uh, fashion sense very relatable. Uh, <laughs> I remember one time when we were in the locker room earlier this year, I, I stepped on his shoe by accident. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm sorry, my bad. And he was just like, dude, look at my shoes. And they were like, just like gray Nike running shoes. I was like, okay, fair enough. Like they're probably about the same price as the Vans that just stepped on your shoe. Um, so we should probably talk about the other like less heartwarming uh, Celtics rookie thing that's that's been going on. It feels like they're just kind of getting blasted by people right now. Um, John Hollinger did a, I guess, sort of like a, a mailbag with Jay King of The Athletic in which Hollinger... He was just super unimpressed by the rookies. And then our guy, Keith Smith, talked to an Eastern Conference scout. And I've got the quote here. 
the Eastern Conference scout told Keith Smith of Celtics blog, I think they stink about the rookies. I think they stink. Well, that's a little harsh. I mean, they're fine, but there isn't anyone special in that whole bunch. Williams is a backup role player for his whole career. That's fine, but whatever. The Indiana kid can't shoot. How can you be a shooting guard if you can't shoot? Carson Edwards will be a G League all-star for years. The best of the bunch is Tremont Waters. He can play. I think he's eventually a pretty good backup point guard. So, great. A bunch of backups. You need backups, but none of these guys are special. What do you take away from that? What do you think? Without just starting off by defending them, two interesting things with what he said. One, Tremont Waters does have a promising career as an NBA backup, and who knows, maybe given the circumstances, we'll get a shot starting depending on what organization and circumstances. I don't think he's necessarily the first choice or will ever be pursued in that manner, but I think if the circumstances arose, I think he definitely would be equipped to perform well. Okay. So I don't necessarily knock that take at all. I am curious as to what you think about Carson Edwards. Carson's thing is that he he needs to I think he just needs to expand his game like he needs to add some other stuff I think it's of the of the the four of them Carson had the most concerning rookie year some of which was not his fault there wasn't a whole lot of room for guards in the Celtics rotation and when he got in he wasn't really allowed to do the things that make him so special like the thing that he's really good at is when he's got the ultimate green light and he can just launch and like I, I mean Brad is is never going to be that comfortable with a rookie to just sense even even in like a garbage time situation sometimes I feel like Brad would rather have the guy go out and play the right way than like just go out and like get some buckets which is what Carson is, is really good at my thing with Carson is like okay so if your starting point is that he can shoot and that he can, you know, defend a little bit better than you would expect for a guy who's five foot eleven, six foot. He, he he didn't have a really a chance to show those flashes. So for him, I think the next thing that he has got to do is he's got to either improve his finishing around the rim or his playmaking. And if you do that, I do, I think that it is kind of unfair to say, hey, he's going to be a G League player for his entire career. Like you don't know that now. Again, I do think that there are concerns, and I think that they're legitimate. But I think that writing him off at this point is a little irresponsible if you're uh you know writing any of them off at this point no matter how bad they were is insane to me yeah so i mean i'm looking it up right now to see i mean how many minutes do you think carson played this year none i mean he didn't play any meaningful ones and that's the thing and we touched on this with our podcast with chad is that i feel like if you look at these stats yeah all of them probably had horrendous nba stats and just like not impressive by any means like i'm not arguing against that But if you look at them and contextualize their seasons, then they really weren't that bad. It's like, it's the same thing when Al Horford was on the Celtics and that person wrote Al Horford is a problem and not in the way that like, it's a good thing. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, that was, that one was kind of like that. It's just, this is a similar take. Yeah. If you look at the stats, how many minutes did Carson play? Uh, He's got 316 minutes uh, total. Most people would consider that not a a sample size. (laughs) Right. Um, in NBA minutes, yeah. How many points and field goal attempts did he have? Yeah, I mean, it's brutal. It's like, you know, it's three points It's three points per game. It's 30% from three. I do enjoy that his two nicknames on basketball reference are Sea Boogie, which we kind of knew, mm-hmm. and then Eddie House. Just like straight <laughs> up his nickname is Eddie House, according to basketball Just straight reference. up another man's name. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's obviously the role that I think the Celtics kind of saw him potentially taking is somebody like Eddie House who comes off the bench and just gets buckets. And I, don't, I still don't think that's out of the question. In five years, who do you think will still be on the roster among the current crop of rookies? I think Grant is the easiest guess because he projects so easily into sort of this role player role, um, you know. You could see a scenario where Romeo looks pretty good 
Um, you know, he comes out next year and gets like some real minutes and, and looks like a pretty good player. And the Celtics say, okay, we have Jalen Brown, we have Jason Tatum, we have Gordon Hayward. Like, you know, in the next year or two, you know, before that five-year mark, Romeo might show himself to have some juice. You know, another team might want him and maybe maybe he's an actual asset that the Celtics can trade. You know, and it could go other ways too. Like maybe Romeo looks really good and maybe the Celtics want to target like a star and maybe they, you know, maybe they trade like a Jalen Brown. You know, not that Romeo can be Jalen because Jalen's really good, but maybe Jalen can, can get you something Jaylen, else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, maybe you're talking about Bradley Beal, you know, it's like that type of thing. The other thing about Grant is like, that guy is going to be an NBA player for a while, but a guy who is an NBA player for a while isn't necessarily always the most valuable trade asset. So I, I think that somebody whose ceiling is high, like Romeo would have more trade value than, uh, than, than somebody like Grant to, to just address like what the guy said about Romeo in particular, like the Indiana kid Langford can't shoot. How can you be a shooting guard? If you can't shoot. Well, like, I mean, he was kind of, doing pretty well as a spot up shooter for the Celtics when people would kick it out to him. I never thought it was a disaster. Um, you know, when the ball was coming out of his hands, it was like, okay, like he might make it, he might not make it, but it wasn't like, there's no way this guy is making this three pointer. And that's all you really need. If the, if the ball is getting kicked out to you, all you need is for people to think, eh, maybe he might make this. I better go close out. And especially somebody like Romeo, whose actual skill is handling the ball and getting at the rim and finishing around the rim. That that's a valuable thing. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's way too early. Like, I think you yeah. will defend Romeo to the death, <laughs> but it's just too early to know your way. I am still pretty high on him as, as, a, as a basketball player. Like, I think he's, he showed a lot on the defensive end. He showed he can play a little bit of, like, a spot-up role, and those were not the things that he was good at coming into the league. So I, I think that there's some real juice there. If your assessment, not to, not to go full <laughs> defend Romeo Langford to the death here, but if your assessment of Romeo Langford is that he's a shooting guard who can't shoot and that that's the end of it, I mean, that takes zero context into account. You know, that takes like zero of the, the, the injuries that he suffered at Indiana that, that obviously hampered his shooting. And any Celtics fan will tell you, and any Celtics beat reporter will tell you, his shot was a talking point throughout the whole season and the development of his shot. And he made yep. so much progress. They're aware that his shot needed work and they're working on it. So a little early. For sure. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Celtics assistant coach Joe Mazzula who's uh, been working on him with that all year. Romeo's always the, Romeo's always the first player out um, to do warmups. I, I don't think because he's like, you know, a Ray Allen, like, hey, let me get there at 4 o'clock and start getting my shots up. But I, I think that was the time that he was assigned. But, yeah, they've been getting in the work. So if, uh, if Romeo goes through his career and is never able to shoot, it's not from lack of trying. Well, and I think that the fact, so Romeo, I asked Romeo, I was like, what time do you get here? And he'll get there at like 3.30 for a 7.30 tip. He's the first one there. And I think And he's that, the last one to leave because he can't drive. So. <laughs> <laughs> but so I think that is reflective. Obviously, the Celtics care about everybody on their roster. But I think that's also reflective of their investment in him. They're like, yeah. you need to come at this time. And they work for like two hours. It's just a one-on-one session with Joe and a few other assistants. And they go through defensive and shooting drills. So it's coming to me now maybe part of the reason why the rookies are getting so much flack lately is because of who was drafted after them mm. and who maybe the Celtics could have had. People love to do that exercise. Do you remember some of the names? Yeah, I mean, the two that – the two – there's only two that actually stand out to me after them, and that's Brandon Clark and Matisse Tybel. And obviously the Celtics, you like, looked at Tybel, and I get not drafting him because that guy could not shoot at all at, at Washington. And obviously he can really play defense. But, I mean, 
you look at some of the other guys, like, okay, Se- Sekou Dumboya, like, did some nice things in Detroit. He's not, like, an, you know, he's not, like, an elite prospect, but, like, he's got some potential. But then you start getting into it, and it's, like, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Goga Batazzi, um, Luka Samanich, like, you know, you're not talking about, like, the best prospects in the world or guys who, like, really showed a lot of flashes. The only, the only two guys that I really am, like, they, they missed on those guys are Brandon Clark, who was one of the best rookies in the class at number 21. Like, he's awesome. And then Kevin Porter. Kevin Porter, like, he's no guarantee that he works out, but he is a bucket, so. And Seku and the other players you mentioned could go on to be great players, but it's so easy to say, oh, my God, the Celtics drafted Kelly Olenek before Giannis. Sometimes it just works out that way. <laughs> For sure. All right, guys. Well, we're going to leave it there. Thank you all for listening. Uh, the, the usual plug, if you guys could do us a huge favor, leave us a review, preferably five stars. We definitely appreciate you guys all tuning in, and we will see you guys on Thursday. From self-help books to meditation, we work hard to find peace of mind. Xfinity Home helps you rest easy with a total home security solution. Installed by experts and powered by secure and reliable Xfinity Wi-Fi, you'll get 24-7 professional monitoring with fast response times and real-time alerts, like when doors and windows are opened. Rest easier with Xfinity Home. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash home security. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires compatible high-speed internet. Professional installation required.